I was pretty much credit invisible, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I had a student loan under me and that was about it. Um, it, it wasn't a huge loan. So there's, there wasn't much to my name in terms of proving to future lenders that I could pay uh, a, a large loan back. Welcome to episode seven of the Potentially Successful Podcast. I'm Jeff James, and this is my co-host, Baxter Rob. We're on a journey of financial freedom, and we're so glad that you're coming along with us. Last week, we talked about debt. We started kind of breaking down what is the difference between what we would qualify as good debt and bad debt. And just as a refresher, good debt is something that can produce income for you. It's not something that just takes away. It's not a monthly expense just to add to your balance sheet. Um, it's something that can actually be leveraged for, for you to create um, further financial opportunities. Um, yeah. yeah. And so this week, we're going to talk about how you can use that debt to work for you. Um, a lot of what that is centered around is your credit score. A credit score is a score that creditors and um, lenders use to be able to tell how worthy you are uh, in in taking on credit, right? That, that What that means is how likely you are to repay if you borrow. And that's huge when you take out loans for um, for cars, for homes, that kind of thing. Yeah. Jeff, before we break it down, um, and talk more about like how, what are the factors and how can you improve your credit score? What's been your experience? I know you purchased a house within, you know, the last year or so. Talk, talk to us a little bit about that. Yeah, that's a great question. A few years ago, I was in the mindset that I would never, uh, take on a credit card mm -hmm. at all. Just, just thought it was, I heard too many horror stories and thought it was just too risky, you know, didn't, just didn't want to build debt or yeah, I, I think it was the debt mindset. It was before I really had some financial literacy okay. about myself, you know, and I, I basically decided, you know, Hey, that's not for me. And I, I would live with a debit card kind of thing. Um, and it was really only when I realized that way, okay, I can actually manage my money perfectly fine. Right. I, I, it's when I got through that whole journey of, of living paycheck to paycheck and getting myself out of that, that I realized, wait, why am I spending this money with a debit card out of my, um, out of my bank account without, you know, all the benefits, sure. quote unquote, um, of a credit card, right. Whether that's, cash back or, or, uh, you know, airline miles. The funny thing is that's what attracted me first, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't like, Oh, I need to build my credit score. Yeah. It really was like, wait, if I can make one or 2% on every purchase when right now I'm not making anything better than nothing. Yeah. Better yeah. than nothing. Right. So I got, I got a credit card with 1.5% cash back mm -hmm. and I was happy with that. Um, it was all I could qualify for at the time because at that point I was, pretty much credit invisible, right? Mm -hmm. I, I, I think I had a student loan under me and that was about it. Um, it, w it wasn't a huge loan. So there's, there wasn't much to my name in terms of proving to future lenders that I could pay uh, a, a large loan back, mm -hmm. right? Um, and so it was when I realized that my credit score was pretty much directly tied with how many accounts I had, how long they were open, how, I, how much I used from those mm -hmm. lines of credit, that I started to take that a little bit more seriously and started to kind of figure out how to game the system a little bit. Uh, you asked about buying a house in the last year. So yeah, my wife and I, we bought a house in the last year and 
a, a big factor in that is your credit score. And luckily, I went on this I went on this journey a few years ago. So both my wife and I have been able to build up our credit individually, and that that really wasn't a problem for us in the uh, mortgage shopping sure. period. It was just it, like basically, you know, our credit scores were good enough to to pass the smell the smell test, and 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 we move forward. Yeah. Uh, but I, without a doubt, know that it could have been a problem if they weren't where they were sure. in terms of score. Cool. You mentioned credit invisible, and you know that's a term that maybe not everybody is familiar with. Um, I, I think to kind of define it loosely would just mean essentially you have no credit, you have no history of making Correct. consistent payments, and so you don't have a credit score to go off of. And uh, and a lot of times that's like having a low credit score, a bad credit credit score, because they 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 have no essentially proof that you can mm-hmm. make those consistent payments. It's not quite the same, yeah. but in the eyes of a lender, they're they're going to be less willing to give um, in a lot of a lot of cases more money to somebody who doesn't mm-hmm. have that history. Yeah. And so that's why the credit score can be of value. It's not the only way to secure loans and do things like that, but it is a major factor in today's market and, and loan industry. Yeah. The the best way I could explain it is if I were to um, if someone were to ask, were to ask me for $5, you know, it, it wouldn't be much of a question for mm-hmm. me. I, I would, if I had it, I would probably let them borrow $5 because whether they pay me back or not, it's not too much of a risk. Sure. If a, if someone were to ask me for $10,000, first of all, like if they're a good friend of mine, it would be much more likely that I'm willing to lend it to them than, than someone I don't know at all. Uh, but even that good friend you know, you have those friends who are, who are, they're, they're great people, but you know, you know, are not uh, organized at all or mm-hmm. not, you know, you wouldn't necessarily trust them to pay you back 10,000. So that person, based on the history you have with them, you know that, Ooh, Hey, I'd lend this friend 10,000, but I wouldn't lend you 10,000. Yeah. It's nothing against you. It's just, it's too big of a risk yeah. for me. So the credit score is that exact concept systematized so that lenders can see hey either you have no history which is like the stranger that that might try to might try to get a loan from you or good credit history which is like the friend who you have a lot of history with and has proven themselves time and time again a poor credit score would be like that friend that you know but you know that they are bad at paying you back right um so yeah that's how that's how i explain i like that i like that breakdown of how how like making it a little bit more personal to you as you being the lender and why that's important to them. You know, I think for, for myself, I actually start, got my first credit card in college and I owe a lot of that to my dad who, um, got this idea from a family friend who their son had just graduated college and was credit invisible, didn't have any credit for him and was trying to purchase furniture Mm. uh, for his apartment that he was going to move into and couldn't, he couldn't put it on a credit card. He couldn't get a a limit that maybe was high enough or even get a loan from the furniture store. So his parents had to co-sign on those loans. And so that, that was, that kind of opened up my dad's eyes and my eyes to be like, Oh, it's, it's not the end all be all, but it is part of the game. And so if, if the game is trying to figure out what tools are available to you to achieve your financial goals, a credit score can be one of those. And so I started building credit early. So that way, when I graduated, I wouldn't be in that same boat because I think my thought was like, oh, you know, maybe when I get a house or buy a car or get a, you know, a credit card and those things seem down the road, but it can be, it can be 
all kinds of things that people look at a credit score for. It can be furniture. I've even heard of like when when you try to get a new cell phone um, plan that w- getting a loan on that phone is that basically mm-hmm. what that is. That sometimes they'll look into your credit score to yeah. see if you qualify. I, I think that happened to me recently. I got um, like I'm on that iPhone upgrade mm-hmm. program or whatever, and I saw a inquiry on my credit report. Yeah. And I was like, oh, I didn't I didn't realize that they would do that. Yeah. Um, but cool. it's, it's 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 not. It's not my favorite thing. Um, but even from your story, first of all, two things. Um, first of all, your dad's seeing that example and using that to to set you up for mm-hmm. a win is awesome. Yeah. And it's like, no matter where you are financially, if you can learn things now and also start to figure out how to apply them to your future family, mm-hmm. I think it, you know all the better, right? So... Um, Anything you learn for towards financial freedom through us or through whatever other venue or avenue, um, yeah, try to figure out how do you apply this to make this generational yeah, really wealth, good. right, or generational um, a generational foundation, so that you and and the people in your family that come after you can can stand up on top of that instead of having to relearn it every generation. Uh, the second thing is, you know, in that case, it wasn't the end all, right? It wasn't the fact that 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 family friend couldn't get that furniture he had parents in that case Mm -hmm. to co-sign right so no big deal right um what really you know stinks is when someone doesn't have that co-signer to to fall back on right and that's why a credit score is very important or, or maintaining or building it in the first place is so important because at the end of the day not everyone has that same opportunity to have someone to bail you out or co-sign or even if you do have you know Parents that that have great credit scores themselves, they might not be willing to co-sign, right? They, they're saying, "Hey, that's a risk I can't take right now," right? Yeah. Or, or whatever. But, but that's why it's it's a, there's a sense of personal responsibility that needs to come around to say, "Okay, this is my proof to the financial world, or the at least the 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 institutional lender that I'm worthy of getting some some of." Um, like a loan from you yeah. and I'm worthy. Uh, I'm, I can prove my worthiness in, in my ability to pay it back. Yeah. That kind of thing. Cool. I'd say let's, let's start breaking down. Um, we talked about a little bit about why it was important. You know, some of the stories that have surrounded our lives over the last few years. Um, let's break down some of the factors that influence a credit score. Give us one. Yeah. Um, so your payment history and your ability to repay your debts on time. That's an easy one, right? Um, every time, you're, uh, you have a, a loan and that you make payments on maybe monthly, that's reported back to the, to the big credit bureaus. And it's also reported whether you pay on time or yeah. not. Uh, do you know the definition of what paying on time is? Uh, give Tell us. So, so uh, I believe it's, it's not actually just, you know, oh, the due date's the 15th and you don't pay on the 15th. It's, it's actually a 30-day window after that mm. due date that they are attempting to collect from you and you are still not collecting. And then at that point they send it over to a collections mm-hmm. agency and then they can report it as a bad debt that, yeah, can, get, can ding. Yeah. That credit. can ding your credit. Exactly. Yeah. But that's not to say to pay things late. Correct. It is to say that it's not quite as black and white of paying on the due date in, in, in those scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And there's even around that one, there, there are some, 
ways that you can call the company that you may have an outstanding debt to or outstanding payment or a late payment. You can call them directly and work with them to get that off of yeah. their their report to the credit bureau or off of their their li- their list of bad debt to a collections agency. So that might there might be a way out of that one. Cool. Good tip. Um, I'd say the next one is the total amount of debt that you owe. And so that's a big factor in terms of the, the, the accumulation of all of your debt, whether that's credit cards, student loans, car, you know, car loans, house loans, anything, all of that debt, that's a factor. And so I know, I also know when, you know, you apply for a a home or different types of loans, they also do, you know, a debt to income ratio to, to factor how much debt, payments do you have each month versus how much are you bringing in to see are you going to be able to cover that with cushion to live your lifestyle so they don't want you to essentially just try to accumulate as much debt as you want because then you become a more risky investor and so keeping your overall debt low is generally a, a thing to pursue or at least if you're trying to apply for a larger loan that that could be a hindrance if you have lots of large debt already Yeah, exactly. And I would explain that one as, you know, hey, you have a good friend who is who is very trustworthy. But if they have a ton of people they owe money to and they are good to pay it off, but it's just so much that they that they owe. It's like, do you would you really say yes if they came and asked you for yet another loan? Mm, You know, I mean, it's it's the same thing there. So another factor would be exactly how long you've actually used credit and been able to manage it well. And so the idea there is if I open a credit card, my first credit card, you know, three months ago, and I have three great payments, my credit in in terms of my ability to pay is a hundred percent. I paid on time. I paid early, but the reality is if it's only three months of history to work with, there's no real proof that you can do this for the long term. And if it's just one account, there's also, again, no proof that you can do this for the long term and manage you know, different types of credit or uh, mm-hmm. different types of loans, different, um, yeah, just being able to pay all those off and, and be consistent and manage it well and wisely. So the, um, basically the idea would be to be able to open um, lines of credit as needed and appropriately whenever you do, and then keep those things open, keep those accounts open because the the longer your, your accounts are open, the, the, the larger your average account length is, mm-hmm. yeah. right? Yeah, no, that's good. Yeah, the next one would be how often you apply for new credit cards or new debt. And that's kind of similar to how much debt you have. If you're constantly going out to get more debt or if you are applying for a lot of credit cards at the same time, that can negatively impact your score. Um, and so that that's something to, to consider as well. It's, it's, it's not necessarily the game of, try to maximize your score as much as you can try to get as much debt. That's not necessarily the path to the best and most optimized version of credit score and credit history. Yeah. So when applying for a credit card, you want to probably do your research Mm -hmm. and see, okay, what is most likely, what am I most likely going to get approved for instead of just like, willy nilly just applying to a bunch and just saying like, let's see what happens. Yeah, right? I'll take the three out of the 10 that yeah, accept me. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Because that will adversely affect your credit and it may not be forever that it affects your credit, sure. but it, it definitely will be a lot of inquiries on your credit that would, that would send it downward. Yeah. Cool. The, uh, the next is the actual types of credit you use. And so that's like, you know, do you have credit cards, retail accounts, uh, installment loans, any any kind of mortgage or or car loan, that type of thing. So, 
if you just have one type of credit or one type of account, it again, doesn't show you as a mature, uh, credit user right is that, is that the term sure um so uh yeah it, it doesn't show that you're mature in that sense and but if you are show the ability that you can take on you know any type of loan and you have history with multiple types of loans then you again are just more trustworthy and that would send your credit score upward cool yeah so again just to recap those factors were your payment history and the ability to pay off that debt the total amount of debt that you owe how long you've used a credit card and how you've managed those payments how how often you apply for new credit cards or debt and then the types of um, credit that you currently have so again spanning those different ranges of, of credit so yeah. um, next up let's let's break down okay now that those are our factors what if our credit score is low or we're invisible or we just want to improve it? How do we go about doing that? Yeah. Uh, I mean, so the first thing I would say is pay your bills on time, right? Um, if you can manage it, um, paying your bills on time is probably one of the the easiest ways to not ding your credit. Let me say mm -hmm. it that way. I don't necessarily know if it's the easiest way to build it, yeah, maybe. but I do know that it's like the easiest way to maintain. You can't hurt your credit. You can't by, hurt your credit. By paying your bills on time. Exactly. Um, and you'll see, like if I look on a little app that I have, I'll see, you know, the little green dots for every month that I paid on time. And if there's even one uh, not on time, it, it's like this little orange or red dot and it just stays there, right? Yeah. It's just like in the history. I'm like, dang, this like this kind of sucks. Yeah. Um, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Another one would be um, get a credit um, card um, or just get credit for making utility payments, like consistent payments that you have. And so that's one way you can start building your credit. You talked about making your payments on time. That's great, but in order to do that is you have to use your credit first. And so one one example that I use this is I put all of my utility bills and my pretty consistent monthly expenses on my credit card. And so that way, number one, I can earn points and I have to pay those bills to um, to make sure that I have you know utilities and can can live in my house. And so um, using that as a consistent builder and kind of cushion that builds that history that you talked about over a long period of time and shows that you are making good faith to pay off your credit card each month. Yeah. The, the thought there is if you are using your debit card and, you, and you're using it wisely and you're not overdrafting, then there should be no trouble to then just replace that card with a credit card, mm -hmm. right? If you only swiped your credit card when you have money in the bank, just like you would with a debit card, then you are technically not doing anything any different, but receiving a lot of reward, right? Sure. In terms of building your credit and then possibly getting some sort of rewards from the credit card itself. Mm -hmm. um, and so basically, if you can think of anything that you pay often, uh, anything that you would normally swipe your debit card, why not just build credit by using a credit card instead, as long as you can manage it wisely. Yeah. Um, okay. So the next thing you can do to improve your credit would be to pay off your debts and keep balances low on credit cards and other revolving uh, credit, right? So uh, this is called credit utilization. And in general, you want to be under 30% of your total credit limit. So in terms of what creditors or lenders have given you across that whole number, if you take 30% of that, you want to be under that whenever they're pulling their credit reports mm -hmm. monthly. And so there's a little bit of a game to this, actually. Um, if you know when the, the credit report is pulled, you can actually just apply a 
a, uh, an extra payment towards your credit card sure. right before so that your credit utilization looks lower than it might generally be. Mm-hmm. Um, but I mean, obviously, you only need to do that if you are purposely trying to have a credit score um, in a certain position or at a certain number for a loan that you're trying to get trying to get soon. Yeah. No, I, I like the last two things that you said about um, making sure to pay off your credit, like treating it like a debit card. You know, I would I would agree with that sentiment of the I think the worst time to use a credit card. And I've been guilty of this countless times is to use it when you don't have money, mm. you know, but that's, that's where they get you. That's where the high interest rate comes in and can negatively impact your credit if you're carrying a balance and not paying that off. And so I think that's really important. Um, and then the other thing that you said about just essentially not trying to max it out, max your credit card to use it all every month to keep that utilization low. I think it's like, if you do those two things, you can't necessarily go wrong in that mm-hmm. area you're, you're not going to be hurting your credit and you're going to probably be building that score um which could be beneficial if you're applying for a recent loan mm-hmm. so but one of one of the one of the other ones and this goes with one of the factors is uh, apply only for credit cards you know as needed not to just like go out and get 10 you know we use the example of get 10 and get three back but you shouldn't just keep applying and opening new lines of credit if you need some some more credit room. You can ask for a credit increase from your existing credit cards. You could go pursue an, another credit card if maybe they had an attractive rewards program or if that made sense for you. You know, each person's situation is different, and we're not going to sit up here and say that every you know one size fits all here and that everybody should do one specific thing. But in general, it's not the best idea to just go grab a ton of credit cards and try to get as much credit. Um, kind of as a, as a top line as possible. Yeah. So just as an example, uh, in the last six years of using credit cards, I have three now. I just got my most recent one a couple months ago. It was an Amazon prime card because I spend too much on Amazon and I (laughs) realized I could get 5% back. Uh, so just decided to just jump the gun or just, uh, go for it. Um, pull the trigger on that. And the, the other thing is, you mentioned, you know, asking for a, a credit limit increase. So just a, just a pro tip here on every credit card that I have, I have a calendar event for a repeating calendar event every six months to say, request a credit limit increase. And all you have to do when that calendar event pops up, all I have to do is just get on the app and chat. It's either some of them have a built in feature. You just press a button and then you ask, you answer a couple of questions and then it will tell you immediately or maybe a couple of days later. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes you have to just chat with a representative real quick and it's really, really quick. But I've been able to increase my credit limit a lot just by doing that every six months. A couple caveats, though. So one is the reason, you know, you might ask the question, why, why even do that? Mm. One is I can spend the same amount every month but have a higher credit limit. So my utilization percentage immediately goes down. Yeah. Right. So that just helps overall. Second of all, it's like if I do need a, a higher limit at any given point, I've done the work to get it higher sure. so that I can not like when you need it. Like, oh, shoot, I got to go buy this thing and I don't have the credit or the money for it. Yeah, the exactly. Yeah. And, and not necessarily saying that I would want to spend something huge. But even, you know, if an emergency called sure. for or something, it's just nice to prepare ahead yeah. of time there. Um, the the last thing is on my earliest credit card, actually, just six, uh, I think within the last six months, I asked for a credit limit increase. And this was the first time I actually got rejected. It just says, Hey, you haven't been using this credit card enough. So we're not going to give you an- another bump, which is not, it's not a bad thing. It's not yeah. a ding. 
uh, at least it wasn't a ding for me, but it was just, it was just the fact that my utilization was so low. Literally I have like three small subscriptions mm-hmm. on that and that's it. That's all I use because my other credit cards have better rewards that they were like, Hey, you don't use this enough anyway. So we're not going to give you more. Yeah. Um, so just be aware of that. Um, so yeah. No, that's cool. Yeah, I would say um, another another tip for improving your credit score or how to prevent it from, you know, going down is to don't close unused accounts. Mm-hmm. So just like you said, you have one that you don't use very often. I have one that I probably haven't made a transaction on in a few months, if not six months or more. And um, I think closing your account can negatively impact your score for whatever reason. Um, and so and you know, you, we talked about one of the things that is a factor is how long you've had mm-hmm. accounts open. So just because you have one that's old that you don't use it anymore, it's like that account could actually be benefiting your credit score because you have a long payment history with that creditor. Mm-hmm. And so don't don't close um, accounts that you don't use. Yeah, at the very least, the oldest account is going to increase your average account uh, length. And so, yeah, at the very least, if you close that, your average immediately shoots down to whatever whatever your next oldest one was. Yeah. Um, anytime. And so an- another way to help your credit score is anytime that you see an inaccuracy, uh, you want to dispute it. So there's two things about this. One is you have to be monitoring your credit and be aware of inaccuracies to be able to dispute them in the first place. So getting an app um, or, or, or signing up for a service that helps you monitor and, and sends you alerts when, when things happen that may affect your credit is very wise. And we'll, We'll give you some suggestions at the end of the show. Um, but then when you do see something that just doesn't look right, um, it's worth looking into, worth understanding. And then if you find out it is something that you signed up for, great. If, if you find out it's not something, then it's definitely worth disputing and, and fighting until it's off your credit score because it can affect you for a long time. And especially if it's somebody... Um, you know, if it's if it's an accident, great, get it fixed. If it's malicious, that's even worse. And, and mm-hmm. you don't want to be the victim of some sort of identity, identity fraud or theft. Um, so you definitely want to be disputing and monitoring and then disputing anything that's inaccurate on your on your credit score. Yeah, we, we you mentioned you mentioned it could take a, a long time for that to fall off or it could affect you for, for a while. Do you do you have a, a an idea and I know it kind of differs, but let's talk about a little bit of how long it takes for you to rebuild a credit score. Is that something that can happen really quick or is it something like, oh, I need to be prepared for this 10 year slog ahead of me? Yeah, no, that's a great question. I, I know that. Um, so delinquencies, they, they remain on your credit uh, reports, your credit score. They affect it for seven years. Dang. So it's like if you um, if yeah, if you have a delinquency like. Uh, it, it will follow you for a while, sure. right? So it's like, even I remember my boss telling me that I think he said he made one late payment mm. to a utility or something in college, and like it literally took you know three years or four years after college for it to finally fall off of his report. Wow. And it's just like, I know the guy, I know that he pays his bills, pays his yeah. bills. Um, but it was just one of those things which just kind of follows him because yeah. it's like you know this stupid little thing to to forget about. Right. So it's like, whether that's, you can't pay for it or you're struggling to pay for it or whether it's just like systems that you don't have in place to make sure you pay on time. 
Uh, either way, if you don't, it's it, it can follow you. So it's worth building the systems. Like I just have a finance calendar on my Google calendar that reminds me of any payments. And then I also try to do auto payments as much as possible yeah. to, to help with that. Yeah. So in, and a lot of it has to do with the reason behind the change. Right. And and in your credit score, if it's if it's going down, you know, you mentioned delinquency. Some of the other ones are like different. A bankruptcy can can appear on there for 10 years and inquiries can can be mm. on there for two years. So like even somebody pulling your credit can be on there. And if, again, we mentioned if there's too many pulls that can have a negative effect. And so, um, just things to be aware of, of, um, you can, I think you can build your credit score relatively quickly if you're making consistent payments and you're, you're using your credit to your abilities. And like we said, making those payments. Um, but some of those negative things can impact you for an extended period of time. Yeah, definitely. All right. So to wrap up, the best advice we can give you is to start building your credit, start monitoring it and start being aware that this will have a long-term effect on your financial freedom and your financial, like how creative you can be with, with your finances and loans in the future. Um, one simple way to do that is get a credit card. Obviously I say that with a lot of, um, a lot of what's the word I'm looking for? Hesitation. Hesitation. Yeah, exactly. I don't want to just you to hear this and and, and think, oh, I should get a credit card and I should spend a lot and build as much credit as I can. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Even though it, uh, building your credit is good, a credit card can quickly become a very negative thing if not used wisely. Mm-hmm. Right? It's a it's a um, it's like a you know a really sharp sword. Right? You can you can get a lot done with it, but you can also very very quickly hurt yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, so my advice for using credit cards are, is, Hey, if you don't have one, get one that's not complicated, doesn't have annual fees is, is yet not a huge, um, credit limit. Uh, so you're not tempted to buy something huge on it. Um, a lot of times there are, you know, tailor-made starter credit cards for this exact reason. Um, and then step number two is. Use your credit card just like a debit card. I said that before earlier in the show, but use it just like a debit card. Only swipe when you have money in the bank. And if you don't, don't buy the thing. Yeah. Right? It's like if, if, if you only had cash, you wouldn't be able to buy it. Don't let the credit card change your mind about that concept. Um, and that way, slowly, you will be able to use your credit card like you would your normal cash or debit and then build credit and get points. My preference for points is cash back just because it's cash sure. and it's it's easier to use wherever I would want to use it um, instead of, you know, airline miles or, or whatever other kind of point system they have just because those get complicated. But that's that's just my opinion. Yeah, I'm, I like what you said, Jeff, of of really it's what makes sense for you and what the wise decision is. Credit can be a really powerful tool, like a sword, like you said, Um but it's just that it's a tool and it's it's available to be used, but it needs to be used wisely. And so whatever makes sense for you, these are just some of our opinions. This is what's worked for us in the past. We're not financial advisors. We don't claim to be. Um, and so I would really encourage you to do your own research. Look mm-hmm. at the stuff that we talked about. Um, make sure that it's accurate. Make sure that you understand your credit card policies and your loan policies if you apply for different things, because that's really what's going to impact you because each person's situation uh, um is different. And that's really our action step this week is research. Start looking into, if you don't know what your credit score is already, start looking into Credit Karma or other credit tracking apps. And if you do know, maybe start up trying to apply some of the things to start building your credit and at least maintaining it at a consistent level. 
Mm-hmm. Great. Well, that's our show. We're so glad that you stuck with us to the end. And if you have any value that you received out of this, we'd love if you comment, engage with us, and share it with a friend. I'm Jeff James. I'm Baxter Rom. And this is the Potentially Successful Podcast.